Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, happy anniversary. Amen. Y'all, some of y'all don't know what this looked like a year into this thing. And uh, it's just amazing to see what God has done, how he has filled the church, how he has touched hundreds and hundreds of lives. And uh, it's just an honor to, to be able to do life with all of you and to see what God is doing in your individual lives. And again, I'm just honored to uh, celebrate our anniversary with you this morning. And uh, it, it's, just, it's just crazy for me to, it's kind of surreal for me to be like where we were five years ago and just what God has done in five years. And uh, the crazy thing is, is that God always does more. And so the next five years, who knows what God's going to do? How many buildings are we going to have to build? How many, how many things are we going to have to do to create, to reach this city? It's just, it's, uh, as the city grows, the church grows, as the church grows, the kingdom grows. And uh, that's what it's all about. Amen? Well, it is an honor again. It was really cool to get to, to do some of the outreach ministry yesterday. We're going to do a couple more of those this year, so we'll make sure to to, to let you know about those so you can be a part of those and uh, just touching the community. I have a, I feel like I have a specific word that the Lord gave me this week uh, for, for you as individuals, you know. I think that there's one thing to talk about what the church is doing, but the church is doing what you were willing to let God do through you, right? Like, we look at the church and we're like, oh, it, this church is only where it's gotten because of Jesus. It has nothing to do with anything else. It is purely and solely because of Jesus. And all of you that have said yes to the callings and yes to, to giving your lives for the kingdom. Amen. So I want to thank you for all that you've done. And let's give you guys yourselves a hand because it's, it's truly only able to be done with, with, with a team, right? Like there's hundreds of people right now doing stuff and there's all kinds of crazy things that have had to happen today and yesterday to make this thing happen. So I want to thank everyone for, for being a part and giving and serving and having a heart of the, of, of the Father because that's what serving is, right? Um, and so if you would turn your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 1 and um, I, I, this is a very familiar story, but I believe that there are some things that the Lord showed me in this that I think that you need to hear as an individual. That a lot of times when we read the stories, right, we hear Joshua and we read Joshua and we, we see what Joshua did rather than seeing what you were called to do as a Joshua. Right? Like the story is a representation of you as a Joshua and what God is speaking to you as if you are Joshua. And so this morning, I want to read just a few verses, one through uh, five. I want to read this, and then we will pray and get started. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. The Israelites across for you, to, I'm sorry, for therefore the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the story of Joshua. We see the character and the nature of the God that we've said yes to. I thank you this morning, God, that you would show each and every life, God, where you are taking them, what you are doing with them, and what you desire to do through them, Father. I thank you, Lord, that, God, as this happens, as we journey out and we trust you, God, that you, God, would be glorified through our lives, God, and you'd be made more famous today than yesterday. Come on, if you believe that, say amen with me. If you are taking notes, you can title this, Keep Walking, because I believe some of you have put your life on pause based on what you were up against, and God is declaring, will you keep walking? 
will you keep walking? And I was just thinking about this as we've seen our church, and this is like a family reunion. Because some of y'all don't know anybody because you've been coming to one service and now you've like, I didn't know our church was this big. Well, now you know why we bought land and now you know why we need parking because there's no one parking outside. There's, if we did two services and there's a lot of people gone right now, trust me, we've got probably another 50 to 100 people gone right now that are just not able to be here just to different things. So imagine right now what God has done. So welcome family. You're like, I didn't know I was family members with them. You're, oh my gosh, like I didn't know. Well, welcome. Now you get to see your entire family. And uh, so it's just kind of exciting to, to be able to see what God is doing. And I was just thinking about Joshua. I was thinking about, like if you've ever been asked to do something that seems so much bigger than you thought you were capable of doing. Like maybe it's a job, it's a career, it's a hobby. It's something that you got into and you're like, this is so much bigger than me. I didn't know I didn't think I could do this. And some of you all are living in that place right now with God, that you, there are, there are some callings on your life. There are some things that God is calling you into. It may be a dream to start a business. It may be, it may be to, to, to be a husband or to be a wife. And some of these roles are just so much bigger than what you thought you would be able to do. And these things are so much bigger. That is what Joshua is faced with. We read the story of Joshua as if we know, oh, this would be easy because we know the back part of the story. But understand, like, I'm going to be able to tell you in a year from now, if I knew your story, that would have been, it's going to be so easy, right? Like, but understand, we're living by faith in the moment. Right now, right? You are living by faith in the moment. If you're not, you should be. You should be right now living in a moment of faith, having to trust God to take your next step right? Wherever God is calling you, this is where Joshua's at. Joshua's in this moment where he is having to trust that what God is telling him that God will come through on, right? How many of you are standing in a moment where God has told you something? God has spoke something to your heart. He spoke something to your family. He spoke something for you to, to do. And in this moment, the job, the task, the thing seems like, I don't know if this is ever going to come to pass, Joshua is dealing with this in this moment. I mean, because think about it. Moses is dead. Like you told Moses he was going to do this, and now Moses is dead. And I'm supposed to trust you. I'm supposed to believe that you're going to take me into the place that you're telling me. And there are some key things that we can so easily overlook in a story because we know the story. Right? Like sometimes we can overlook what God is doing in us and through us simply because we know somebody else's story. And we assume that that's what God's going to do in us. What I want you to do is I want you to make this story personal. Understand that God is wanting to do something specific for you. In your life, in your season right now, where he wants to take you, where he is moving you, it's going to require you to have to trust God. So this is an individual word for each and every one of you. Whether you are single, whether you are married, whether you are a grandma, grandpa, it doesn't matter where you are at in your season, that I believe that there is this conversation that God is having with you right now. In this moment. And you have to, guess what you have to do? Trust the process. That was what God gave me this week as I was studying. He told me to tell you, you need to trust the process. Because how many of you know, we want to try to expedite it. We want to try to figure out a plan to try to figure out, well, God, you told me this, but if I do this, then I shortcut it, and then I can get what I need. Right? So many of us are trying to live outside of faith because we don't want to trust the process. But God's like, hey, Joshua, this is how you've got to do this. And so he lays out the character of who he is with Joshua first, and then he gives him his assignment second. What you have to understand is where God is calling you, you can't do without you understanding and having a full revelation of the character of God. You don't, you don't want to go into something trying to figure out the character and the nature of God. You want to know what it is going into it. So God says, hey, these are the things I'm going to lay out for you so you understand where I'm at in your story, right? And he goes through and he says, he says, first of all, he gives him this thing. He says, hey, wherever you go, Wherever you put your foot, I'm going to give it to you. So just one thing is you need to keep walking. If you want more of God, you've got to not stand still. You've got to move as if God is going to give you everything that he's giving you. Right? And then he goes on and he says, look, no one will ever be able to stand against you as long as you live. That's a bold declaration. 
He didn't mean, he didn't say that you won't come up against people. You won't come up against the resistance of the enemy. He said, as long as you live, you won't be overtaken. Right? Doesn't mean you aren't going to go through problems. And I don't know where we picked up this, this mindset in the Christian world in America, but it's like if we say yes to Jesus, we avoid problems. No, you actually invite them in when you say yes to Jesus. Right? It's like, oh, man, this was way easier when I was serving the devil. Of course, he leaves you alone. I mean, you, you are on the same playing field as him. He's throwing the ball to you. The moment you get on the other side of the team, he's like, okay, right? And we wonder why are we coming up against resistance, but that's what he says. He says, as long as you live, no one will ever be able to come against you. As long as you live. I mean, think about that. Not, not this year, not next year, not next year. As long as you live, no one will be able to come up against you. Joshua, you're Joshua. You and I are Joshua in this story. And we're having to realize and have faith to believe that God is going to take us through and nothing is going to overtake us. Right? And then he goes on and it says this, I will never fail you or abandon you. Right there, a lot of us are in that place. We feel like God failed us. and We feel like God abandoned us. And this is where we have to say, okay, does he go against his word or not? Did he fail you or did something happen and now he is growing you? Because we all want to grow, but we don't want to have to go through growth. I mean, do you all remember when you were a kid and you would go lay in bed and you would be sleeping real nice and good and comfortable and all of a sudden you would wake up with pains going through your legs? And you would be like, what in the earth is this? Your arms would ache and your legs would ache. Those are called growing pains. And we all want to be taller, but we don't want to go through growing pains. And those pains are to remind us that God is with us. Even when we feel like he's not for us, God is with us. So as we kind of go through this, I want to hit on a few things that I think are so vital to where God is going to take you, where he wants to take you, what he wants to do through your life. And that, that, that this anniversary. See, understand for this, for us, why we celebrate this is because this was a day of faith. For us as individuals, and I believe that God is no respecter of person, so I believe that he should make you have to live by faith too. <laughs> if he did it for me and her, and everybody else that said yes to our team, then by, you know, you need it too. So every, every year, this is what God spoke to me, that this year is a year of you having to take a step of faith for what God wants to do in your life. That this is our anniversary of saying, God, a year, five years ago when we stepped into our yellow-coated church and brown and yellow carpet and a stage that was nice and short and we didn't have any money in the bank and you called us to reach Northwest Arkansas and reach Centerton and we only had no money in the bank and we had just a few people in the chairs I mean, if you could see the, the, the chairs, we had them like only two rows. I mean, only two sections, because that made us feel better. If we could feel these two sections, and there weren't as many chairs in them. We only went like halfway back, and only halfway as wide. Like, we filled two of the sections today. Right? But what is that about? It's about God being faithful into what he asked us to do. And what I want you to do is I want you to be able to have an anniversary next year of saying what God did in your life. That the same year that we're celebrating our church anniversary, you're celebrating an anniversary of what God did in your life. What God did through your life, what he did in your life, what he, the stories that he was able, that you were able to reminisce about because you were willing to keep walking. So here's this first thing is this, is that Jesus is wanting to let him know something. God, Jesus, they're interchangeable in this moment, but we're gonna go ahead and say with Jesus because we're in the new covenant now that Jesus is talking to him and, and this, he's explaining the character and the nature of who he is, trying to influence Joshua to believe him, right? So here's the key component. Here's the thing is that your greatest influence sets the direction your life moves. Whatever is the greatest influence in your life right now in this moment is the direction your life is moving. If you don't like the direction your life is moving, change the influence, 
What, what God was trying to tell him is that I have to be the ultimate influencer in your life if you're going to enter into this promised land. You cannot enter the promised land and me not be the major influence in your life. You have to be the major influence. Because here's the deal. Check this out. Either Moses' story or my story will set the direction you go. Because in this moment, he was knowing that Moses was dead. And now God is saying, hey, I, what I promised Moses, I'm going to promise you. He has in that moment to be like, well, you failed Moses, so you're going to fail me. I'm out. And I think that we all have a Moses in our lives. We all have something that we've seen die or not, not necessarily come to fruition. And we always have that, that tree in our lives, that thing that's like, do you really believe him? Do you really trust him? Look what happened to Moses. You got to know that that was his right-hand man. I mean, that was Moses was in his heart. He loved him. And in that moment, he had to believe, is it Moses that I believe or is it God's voice that I believe? The greatest influence in your life is sets the direction of your life. You will never move beyond the greatest influence in your life. If doubt is your greatest influence, guess what you do? You stay paused. If fear and anxiety is your greatest influence, guess what you do? You stay miserable, locked into what God is never going to be able to do in your life. If you are locked into all the questions and you got to have all of these things figured out before you take a step, that's going to be the greatest influence in your life. And until God does this, I'm not moving. It becomes the greatest influence in your life. Here's the thing. What God is trying to tell him is this, is that you won't have what you won't move towards. You and I are never going to wake up the next morning and all of a sudden we're going to wake up in the promised land. We're going to wake up into our destiny and wake up into our purpose. The only way that you walk into the things that God is calling you to is by you moving towards it. Let me ask you this morning, are you walking towards the promises of God in your life? Are you walking towards the things that God has for your life right now in this moment? I mean, we want a better marriage, but what are you doing to walk towards that? You want a more spiritual journey. What are you doing to walk towards that? You want a better, you want better, you know, things in your life with your family. What are you doing to walk towards that? You can't wish them into existence. You've got to walk towards them. And that's what he says. Notice this is action. He's saying what you do, what you do, what you do, I won't fail you. I will walk with you. I won't abandon you. But it's in the movement of Joshua that God provides. It's not like, well, I'm going to see, I'm going to check, I'm going to make sure that God comes through and then I'll take another step. That's not faith. That's confidence. That's knowing what God's going to do. That's what faith is before you ever see anything. That's you taking a step saying, God, you said it, I'm going to believe it. Let this be a year where you trust God in immeasurable ways where you see that God said something, I'm going to believe it, even though I don't see it, and even though it's, un, it's unfamiliar to me, and it doesn't seem safe, and it doesn't seem comfortable, I'm going to move towards it. This is something that God spoke to me. It was so good. You will never find yourself alone in obedience. You will never find yourself alone in obedience. That is what God is telling him is, you keep walking, Joshua. You will never be alone in obedience. Some of you all feel alone. It's because you haven't been being obedient to God. You've been walking a totally different direction than God had for your life. And God is saying, look, if you walk in obedience, you will never feel alone. Your friends may not go with you. Your family may not go with you. But I will go with you. Joshua, he's telling Joshua this. Look, Joshua, this is where you're going. If the crew doesn't want to go with you, you need to go ahead and go. And if you go, you'll never be alone. Some of us are dealing and battling with depression because you won't move in the direction that God is calling you into and you feel alone because you are outside of the will of God. And he's waiting over in the promised land for the first step. If you will move towards it, you're going to sense his presence. And in that, you're going to say, okay, I can do this. If you have the faith to go, God will go with you. If you have the faith to go, it says that God will go with you.
God is just waiting on us to take a step, to move towards the promise, to take that leap of faith, to start that business, to start doing whatever it is, to, to, to ask her to marry you. Right? I see all this. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, she's been giving you hints for years, bro. Step it up. Have some faith. I don't know why I'm saying that, but anyway. Look, if you have the faith to go, God will go with you. I mean, don't you want God with you? If you have the faith to go, God will go with you. Look, everybody else may say you're crazy. But let me just say this. I've sensed this is that when I've usually stepped out and no one else really was maybe on board initially, when God got on my side, everybody else sensed that God was with me and they were willing to go with me. That's a personal story. Many of them. But right, that that's the power of when you go and you trust God, God goes with you and everybody else senses this man, this woman, here's God. And God is with them and God is for them. So I'm willing to go with them because God is with them. And if God is with them, they're gonna succeed. But so many of us, we won't take a step. And so God doesn't take a step. And so now no one else is moving in our lives. And we're wondering, why aren't I seeing what God has told me I would see? It's because you won't take the step. And so God can't move. And when God doesn't go with you, no one wants to go with you. Let's be honest. No one wants to go with you without God. Look, you have to move towards the promise to obtain it. I know that that is elementary. But what is your promise? Right now, what is something that God has been talking to you about in your quiet time? You've been sensing in your car on the drive to to, to work or on the way home. What? Is the Lord speaking to you and telling you, look, I am giving you this. If you will trust me, I will give it to you. I will do this in your life. Then you've got to start, quit hearing him tell you and start taking the steps to see it come to pass. I mean, God can only tell you, look, I promise you everything I give you, I'm going to give to you. Everything you do, wherever you put your foot, I'm going to give it to you. I mean, in the natural, if I said, hey, everywhere, wherever you walk around in Centerton, I'm going to give you that land. Y'all would be like, (laughs) I touched everything. But we don't believe that in our spiritual lives. We're like, we don't trust the stare. We don't trust anything when it comes to that. But in the natural, if somebody said, wherever you go, whatever land you touch in Centerton, it's yours. You'd be running around like a madman. But this is the thing is we really don't truly trust that God says what he says he will do. And so we tippy-toe around wondering, God, why aren't you going to move in my life? And God is saying, when are you going to actually move in your life? So check this out. So I've, I've read this. And I got fascinated by this this week because this is a completely different thought than I ever thought. Like it's totally different than what I've ever perceived that God was trying to say to him. And so hopefully you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, like I was. We'll find out in a minute. So, so, it's, so as we segue down verse six through eight, it says this. So this is God speaking to Joshua. And he says, y'all know this, be strong and courageous. When you think about that, I think about a lion, right? Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. So this is something that he has been promising them for a long time and now it is Joshua's opportunity to believe him from something in the past that God will do right now in this moment. And he says, be strong and be courageous. And then he goes on in verse seven. He says, be strong. And then he changes and he says, be very courageous. So I don't know if it's like, if you're strong and courageous, it's not gonna happen. So you better be strong and very courageous. I don't know what he's trying to get at, but what he's implying is that 
you need to be strong and courageous. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them from them left or right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. So here we, we begin to see that God now is beginning to talk to him internally. Be strong and courageous. Mindset, the will, the drive, the tenacity to believe. And when you go against him, that you are strong and you are courageous. He's talking about the will of him now. He's talking about the spirit man of him. He's saying, you gotta be strong. You gotta be courageous. So the second point is this, is that your outcome is a direct reflection of your view of God. If you don't have the view that you think God is capable of taking you into the storm and getting you through the storm, you're not gonna go. So if you have a skewed view of a weak God, you're not gonna go into a battle that he is calling you into. If you think that God, because he failed everybody else, and so he's now, because you have a view of him failing everybody else, you're gonna assume that he's going to fail you. And so now, because of your view of God, it actually paralyzes or moves you forward depending on your view and your perception of him. What is your view of God right now? Let's be honest with ourselves. I've been let down, I've been whatever, I've been disappointed. Was it God or was it a person? Was it an expectation of somebody else telling you this is what God's gonna do for your life instead of you hearing God for yourself. Because many of us are living on everybody else's revelation for our lives and not getting our own revelation for God, living on another revelation and putting a view of God on somebody else's revelation that is not yours. Did you get that? Okay. <laughs> oh. So this is what, this was what was cool. So I looked up the word strong and the word strong was not what I thought it would be. Like I was thinking like strong, like powerful. Like the dude looked like Samson, like be, be like Samson, be strong. But that's not what the word means. It means to be adhered to. So to be strong, it means actually to be adhered to. And then the word courageous doesn't mean like I thought it would mean, like, like come at me, like I'm courageous, like I'm gonna come up against you. It means to be alert. So I started thinking about it. I was like, what are you trying to get at, God? Like, what are you saying? Because you're saying now to be, to be bonded together, to be adhered to, to be very alert. And this is what God said. He said to be very alert that you are bonded to me. To be very alert that you are bonded to me. What he's saying is this. So he's calling him into a battle and he says, be strong and be very courageous. What he's telling you and what he's telling me is that when you go into the battle, be very aware that I am, I am bound to you. That God is bound to you. You are bound to God. When you go into battle, you do not go into battle alone. That he is with you and for you. That he is strong and he, you are adhered to him. So when you go into the next battle and you think of strong, it has nothing to do with you. When it talks about courageous, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with who you are glued to, who you are bonded to. Be strong and very courageous. Be very alert that you are connected and bound to me. Because a lot of us think that when we get in the battle that God will catch up to us in the battle. But what you need to understand is that God, when he goes into the battle, he brings you into it. And he says, hey, hang on. We're fixing to win some, we're fixing to win some, some stuff. We're fixing to take over some territory. See, attitude, it sets the posture in how you see what's obtained through your life. God is wanting to do some supernatural things that this fifth year anniversary is a year where we are believing and trusting that God, you are going to enlarge our territory, not as a church, yes, as a church, but as individuals, that your, your capacity to trust and believe and see what God is capable of doing is only going to increase this year because you are willing to be adhered and stuck and connected to a God that is willing to fight your battles for you. See, Joshua's mission was to move individual lives towards faith. 
but he had to first move his own life, right? He's saying, hey, take the Israelites and move them from here to there. The goal of your life as an individual is to move other people's lives into faith to show them what God is capable of doing. That's the journey. That's the goal is for us to move by faith. And as we do, people trust us because they see the God in us and they say, I'm going to go. I think God is capable of doing that. See, he says this, don't deviate. Why does he tell Joshua to not deviate? Because that is our tendency. He knows that as much as I am talking to Joshua, I got to tell him, don't go the way that you were going to want to go. Go the direction. I'm telling you, when you come up against the Jordan and it is overflowing, don't try to find another route around it. When you come up against the problem that God has told you you're going to conquer, don't walk the stream and try to find where there's a big rock where you can walk across it. Don't try to find the easy way out. Some of us, we want to call it faith and look for the easy way. God just came upon me and he gave me wisdom and told me to go around. No, he says, don't deviate the assignment, the plan that he has for you. Look, if Joshua would have moved the wrong direction, he would have led an entire nation opposite of where God was wanting to take them. Let me just tell you, as a family man, that scares me to death. As a man who God has called to leave a legacy on this earth, to deviate from the plan and the, and the will and the purpose of God for my life means that I leave, I, I lead my wife, I lead Anaya, and I leave Jaylee and everybody else directly connected to us down a different path. And they see God a different way then. And so many of us, we want to see the things of God, but we have to be willing to go the direction that God is asking us to go. It says, don't deviate. Look, the temptation is always to choose a lesser way. You gotta know that. It is our tendency to find an easier way. I mean, y'all can't even go to the gas station and not find the easier one. It's like, which one is gonna get an easier? Like, you gotta know when it comes to faith, your tendency is going to be to choose a lesser way. And a lesser way may be easier, but it's the wrong direction. Now we're gonna, so, so we see this, let me finish up what this says. It says, study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. What he's saying is y'all need to read your Bibles. That's what he's telling you. Y'all wanna do the plan of God and the purpose of God and not know the will of God? You, when you get in your word, you get the will of God. For, for you, get the, you get the character and the nature of saying, okay, well, this is where God is leading me. Some of y'all want a Jesus moment, I mean, a, G, a Joshua moment, but you don't want to have to trust and, and know, God, this is where you're taking me because this is what your word says. This year, you need to get in your word. Doesn't mean you got to read five chapters. Get in your word and get a word from the Lord. It could be a verse, and you could stand on that verse for five months because I would much rather you believe that word that one word, that whatever it is that God spoke to you and you accomplish it, then to know the whole books of the Bible and not do a dang thing about it. God is calling. He says, meditate on it day and night. Know the word so you can know me. He says, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So all of that is all boiled on to whether you know and meditate on him. Because let's be honest, when you meditate on the wrong thing, you start thinking the wrong thing, you get a different view, and it goes back to that first point. The greatest influence sets the direction for your life. Right? And then he goes on, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you are. Wherever you're at right now in this moment, if you're in the will of God, God is with you. 
Right now, God is in the moment that you are in pain. God is with you. Right now, as you are on the journey and you're you know, transitioning from one thing to the next thing, God is with you. If you're on the mountaintop praising God, God is praising with you. God is wherever you are in the season that you're in. I want you to be encouraged because so many times we can question God whether he's in our situation and he's in our lives based on what everybody else is doing in their lives. Why is it, why are they, they don't have to deal with what I'm having to deal with. And we view whether God is really in our lives based on whether, what somebody else is going through in theirs. Look, God is an individual God. He wants to be in your life with you. So we, we, we hear all of that stuff, right? We hear the charge of, of, of God speaking to Joshua. And then in verse 13, everything, everything changes. So now he says, look, I need you to cross the Jordan. This is your assignment. To get to the promised land, you've got to cross the Jordan. Isn't it just like God to give you a word? And it's, it's like, hey, you, you can cross the creek but it's wintertime, it's like, okay, that's cool, because there's no rain, it's really, you know, it's a mild creek. But springtime is when God always gives us the word, right? Because this is what happens. So, so in verse 13, it says this, the priests will carry the ark of the Lord. You know what, I missed something here. Oh, no, it's okay. Okay, so, so, so in verse 13, it says, the priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So, so he hear, they hear their assignment, right? And they, they get to it. So they're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to the Lord. And this is what happens in verse 14. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them and it was harvest season. Because this is when God usually gives us our words. He usually gives us our word when we actually have to believe him for the most. And he gives it, so he says this, what is harvest season? What do you mean by that? This is what he says. It was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. <sighs> Character in the nature of God. You need to know that right now. When God gives you a word, he is not giving you a word for it to be easy. He is giving you a word to see how obedient you will be. I mean, he could have given them this word four months before. But he gave them this word in due season. In the moment when it's harvest and the, the banks of the Jordan are overflowing. In other words, where deep is even deeper. Where difficult is even more difficult. When it's more, more problematic than ever. Isn't that the nature of God? Like, hey, I want you to do this. And in the moment, it's like I have to believe God even on a greater level. And it says, it says this. So. As they were carrying the, they, they, are, they touched the water at the river's edge. The water above the point began to back up a great distance away at a town called Adam. We won't go into that. Which is near Zarethan, and the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea. Here's my final point is this, because I think it's one thing for God to give us a word, and it's to hear the word, and us to get close enough to the word, but the final thing is this, is that you're going to have to touch it to obtain it, that you're going to have to get into the problem before God solves the problem. You're going to have to put your foot in the water before the water begins to recede. Notice the water did not move until they put their foot in it. And so many of us, we want God to come through before we actually have to trust God. And God is saying, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. So you've got to put your foot in it. And when you put your foot in it, you're letting me know that you trust me over the situation. Because most of us, if we look at the problem, we say, this bank is full. How are we going to get across this? There's no possible way. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to question whether God is capable of coming through in your life. And you are going to have to make the decision. Will you put your foot in and see what God can do? Or are you going to stare at the, at the Jordan and wait for it to recede a little before you do it? That's disobedience. 
He didn't ask you to wait until it didn't become as difficult. He asked you, this year will be the year that you were willing to dip your foot into the problem when it is at its max, when it is at its deepest, when the problem is at its biggest. Look, the world needs the Joshua in you to take the step for their sake. Had they not done that, there was an entire nation that would not inherit the promise. Men, I want to tell you, as a father, as a husband, as a, as, a, as a man, it is your role to put your foot in for your family. That you will put your foot in your, for your family and say, you know what, we are going to inherit the promise of God. I'm going to show you what God is capable of doing. I know the riverbanks are full, but I'm going to put my foot in first. And you just follow, well, you follow along. As we take the next step, the waters begin to part. That God is going to separate what you are willing to step into. Look, this is the thing. You putting your foot into the Jordan is, is more about what's on the other side of it. And here's the thing. You will never step into the promises of God if you don't want, you understand what's on the other side of it. No one in their right mind is going to step into a problem just to step into a problem. You have to have the faith to know that, God, I'm stepping into this problem because of what you has promised me on the other side of it. And so I will be willing to step into it because of what is on the other side. The promise was not the Jordan. The promise was on the other side of the Jordan. It isn't like that we trust God all the way to the Jordan. Now the Jordan is as max as it can be. And now you have to trust God. And you have to dip your foot in it and, and see, God, are you really faithful? You've got to keep walking. And as you take those steps, the water begins to recede. And it says it went back all the way to Adam and redeemed. Right? Adam was our problem and Jesus took it all the way back to him. Look, so many of us, we, we've got to understand that, that the promises of God are not obtained in the progression of our duration of salvation. It's in our progression of believing Him. I've been saved 35 years. What are you doing? What are you stepping into? It is not about how long you've been saved. It's about what you're doing in this moment. Can you believe God for the Word right now? The progression of faith is based on us believing Him now in this moment. Y'all can stand with me as I close. I believe that God is going to ask you to step up to some things that don't look like they can be crossed this year. And I'm speaking that over myself. I believe that there are going to be things that as a pastor and as a church leader, there are going to be things that I'm going to have to put my foot into. That God asks us as a a couple to do it's going to be on it's going to be beyond us but how many of you know that god if he said it he will perform it this is our opportunity do we really really believe god is able let this word be a word for you this year that you got to keep walking you got to get your foot in the water to see what god can do through your life, what God wants to give you, what God wants to bless you with. The promise of God is in your ability to get your feet wet. And I want to give a commission because I believe that, you know, I would say come to the altar, but I think that that everybody would probably respond to this. But I, I don't want you to necessarily respond by coming forward. I, I want you to respond by willing to have a conversation with your husband and your wife or your friends, some people that are close to you and saying, you know what, 
I've been staring at my Jordan. And I need to be accountable to step into it this year. I'm going to tell you what it is. And I want to ask you to help pray with me, believe with me, encourage me, help equip me to help take the step into the water. Because I believe that there is something God is calling me to. And it's on the other side of this. I need some people to rally around me to help me put my foot in it so I can get to the other side. You know, the story goes on, and this is what they did, is after they, they, the story, after they parted it, God told them, I want you to find boulders, and I want you to pile them up. So that when generations past come by, they will ask, what happened? Why are there so many rocks in this creek, or in this river? You can tell them that I was faithful. So, so this is the cool thing, is so God clears this water, and then he allows them to put boulders in an area that was once full of water is now dry land. And you can pile them up to let them know that in the midst of your greatest problems, God will open it up. He will pour it out and he will let you be able to stand in the middle of it and dance and praise him and put rocks in it and say, this is the goodness of God. That God, you will come through when it doesn't look like it, when there doesn't seem to be a way, God. I put my foot in it. I trusted him. He made a way and I put the boulders there and look where I am standing on the other side looking at it. Look, the viewpoint from here is completely different than from over here. Some of you all are still looking at God from this angle. And God is saying, if you put your foot in there, you're going to see me from your promised land and not from the promise. Oh, well, that's what I can get to. No, no, you can stand in the very thing that God gave you, that he's been promising you, that he's been wanting to do through you. This anniversary is about us as a church body, believing God and saying, God, I will trust you with the faith that is in me, knowing that you are well able to do what you said you would do. That one year you did something, and number two, you did another thing, and number three, you did another thing, and number four, you did another thing, and number five, you did another thing. That it is about us taking steps of faith and trusting that God is well able to do it. And if that's you, and you say, okay, I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to disclose my, my Jordan. I'm going to expose my fears. I'm going to share them with somebody close. Pray about it. Don't just find somebody. that's you this morning, you really are aware that God is speaking to you about something. This is my Jordan. I'm going to face my Jordan this year. God, you've told me it may be a fear of stepping out in the calling that God has for you. That you've allowed your insecurities to hold you back. You've allowed everything else to be the louder voice, the thing that floods your mind this year you're saying, you know, I'm stepping into my Jordan. I'm going to fulfill the promise of God for my life. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up right now. And you know, definitely, this is what the Lord said. This is this is my Jordan. This is my Jordan. I'm going to face it. Keep your hands up. I just want to pray for you real quick. Because God did not give me this word to give a word. God gave me this word because he knew you had a Jordan and he wanted to put the faith in you to get your feet wet. To tell you, you need to keep walking, get closer to the Jordan. You need to get there so you can get your foot in the water so you can see what I'm gonna give you on the other side of it. So Father, I just lift up every single life in this place. God, every hand that's raised. Father, you see the Jordan that is in front of them. God, I pray right now that you would give them the ability to see what's on the other side of that Jordan. That God, that you would give them the faith to get their feet wet. That God, when it seems like there is no way, that God, you will allow them to dance in the middle of the problem. That you will give them the ability to walk on dry land in the middle of what, what once looked like it was impossible. God is going to be extremely possible. Father, right now, I pray, God, for the different people that you need to put in their lives to rally around them, to speak the life and the word and the will of God over their lives. God, I thank you right now for such a time as this, God, that we will cross our Jordan, 
that we will walk into this next season knowing that you are well able. That Father, that Lord, as we celebrate five years, God, we declare, God, and we thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness to us as a church body in this city to reach this city. Father, I thank you that you are not done yet, that God, you have greater ventures for us in the future. Things are gonna require faith. Things are gonna cause us to have to step and to trust and rely on people. And God, we welcome it. Come on this morning, I want you just to say, I welcome my Jordan. I welcome my Jordan because I understand that there is a promise on the other side of it. We love you, God. We love you, God. Come on, yeah, let's celebrate Jesus. Let's give him thanksgiving. Let's give him thanksgiving. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you that we stand in a building that is paid off. We stand with land that is behind us, God, and we declare it will be paid off this year. We thank you. We praise you, God, for the future of what this church looks like. We thank you from the little babies, God, to the oldest person in here, God, that you are not done yet, that your best is yet to come, Father. Lord, we declare, God, this morning, God, that you will do seemingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine, God. Blow our minds, God. Let us reach this city, God. Let those that know this city know that they have this church has been put here for such a time as this, God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your goodness to us. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. Give us faith, God, to put our feet in the water this year as a church body. God, we will rally around with stones. And we will make a heaping pile to let the devil know you are faithful. You are good. I want you to know this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to know him. You you need Jesus in your life. This is the greatest decision you will ever make. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. That's why this church is here, to win people to Jesus, to let them know that he is a father that loves them right where they're at. This morning, if that's you and you say, I want to give my life and my heart to Jesus, I want you just to lift your hand real quick. Come on, that's you. If Whoever it is, thank you for that hand. That's awesome. Come on. Anybody else this morning? Come on, that's awesome. Right there. I want you to make that prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer, but I want you to ask Jesus into your heart because it's about what you pray. It's about you being connected with God. But you just say this, dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus Christ died for those sins. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, radically change me, awaken me to my purpose, and I will fulfill it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we give them a shout this morning? We love you, God. We love you, Jesus.